So when you hear a tinny voice like this, uh, this is the future voice of people who are chemically altered uh, because they want to pretend to be another sex. Uh, it's a spooky voice, but what the words the person speaks is far, far spookier. And in this episode, I want to talk about never using the language of the enemy, or this is an example of where we end up. Something um, nice about starting with inclusive curriculum and then kind of building to a GSA is that you can start um, reading books that are about all different genders or um, watching little videos that represent people of, um, of all backgrounds. And then questions will come up organically like they do with children. And then you can start to say things like, well, I'd love to explore that more in our rainbow club. Um, you can kind of build. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's a teacher talking to other teachers about things they don't tell you. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Our partners at American Financing asked us to introduce you, both of you. They wanted to meet you. They worked with Rush Limbaugh's audience, God rest Rush, for a decade. And they're a family-owned national mortgage bank that treats everybody like a human being. They're saving people up to a thousand bucks a month and refinance and they'll give you a free mortgage review. Absolutely free. Just go to AmericanFinancing.net. Never speak the language of the enemy. Never ever let people pick your words for you. In a discussion, never agree to terms, even slightly. Particularly when we are dealing with people who are changing the language that changes the thoughts. You know, George Orwell spoke so eloquently about how thoughts are the, are the words are the expression of thoughts. And we all have this agreement on what these words mean. And as they change over time, it actually changes the thoughts that people hold in their minds. And not to get super religious, because let's not get religious. Let's not bring God into this. Right off the bat, Satan can't create anything. He can't, he, he is incapable of creation. He can only distort. And because of that, because of the fact that he can only distort, that's one of his main ways of dealing with things, is he distorts. And he's not capable of love, except for himself, and that's not really love. He's only capable of guile and hate and, and coveting. So the hallmarks of things that are from the enemy are that they are not particularly creative, that they are absolute twists, and, and he loves and so enjoys twisting God's words and God's creation to the degree that he can and the degree that God allows that. So one of the hallmarks of, the, of, of, of his work on this planet, this fallen planet, 
you can spot it by the twisting. And one of the hallmarks of totalitarianism, of course, is the destruction of, of heretofore meaning or the society heretofore or even history, hence Mao's year zero. The advantage of starting over is all before is lost, meaning all that we build now is new and fresh and important. That's also obviously twisting. Obviously, Mao Zedong was a, was a vitally evil human being. Um, and carried his way through the world in the same way that Satan would, twisting. Now, you could say Mao built a culture, but he really twisted a culture. He didn't really build a culture as much as he twisted an existing culture. He didn't create life. He simply twisted life and, and, and misused life. Now, I started the show with this little quote from this teacher in that, that tinny voice, and it is a very, very... It's a spooky side effect of too much hormones uh, and, and too much hormone therapy because to become, to, to carry out the illusion that you're the opposite sex requires you know, it's up to 2,000 times, or no, it's not, it's 200, 400, 600 times uh, the amount of, of the wrong sex hormone that would ever appear in your body. And when I listened to this this statement from this teacher and, and we're going to dig into what's going on in the schools and how this relates and how we stop using the language of the enemy. We're going to dig into play things, toys kids have that, that are enabling this. We're going to get into the money behind the twisting of kids' minds. And this time it's not even pharma. Imagine that it's, it, it features one of our favorite players, George Soros. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, shocking. I know that he's behind one of this or part of this, given that he give, you know, uh, dedicated his first book to Satan or the first printing of rules for radical to, to Satan. That's a shocker. But I want to play this again and think about all of the twisting that's going on in this tiny little clip. And we'll get to this more of this. Someone infiltrated a call between teachers. So listen again to this, to, to all the twisting. Something um, nice about starting with inclusive curriculum and then kind of building to a GSA is that you can start um, reading books that are about all different genders or um, watching little videos that represent people of, um, of all backgrounds. And then questions will come up organically like they do with children. And then you can start to say things like, well, I'd love to explore that more in our rainbow club. So, um, you can kind of build um, curiosity. So if you never, if, if you've wondered about why is it that they're obsessed with replacing great literature with, with literature of a sexual nature with kids. Why are they obsessed with everything must have, have the concept of gender in it, which is in fact a word we're going to talk about. Um, gender is a misapplied word. There is sex, biological sex. Gender is an expression. Gender is a, um, it is a perception. It is, not a, it, it is not a material fact. It is not a biological fact. And they're very clever in the way they mix these words up and it's quite on purpose. So why are they obsessed with all the sexual content in the films, um, in the music and everything? It's because they know, they know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. They're changing behaviors. They know exactly what they seek. They seek kids who are separated from families, as we've talked about. They see kids who put the highest possible esteem on orgasms, to be blunt, and body parts, 
to be less blunt. Because these are the things that Satan always goes to. He always tries to manipulate with sex and vanity. And custom designing yourself so that you end up with a voice like that very sad person. Custom designing yourself in that way is sort of chemical vanity. And I've had people say to me, well, you spend so much time in the gym, old man with broken shoulders. So aren't you vain? Maybe. I think God slapped that out of me a bit, but there's also the toil and, and the health aspect of that. So maybe there's vanity. It might be. I'm, a, I'm certainly not immune to that. But I want to begin before we get into the news around this, because there's so much news, including this, this, this Soros toy. Okay. This. And the, the thing is, so Pritzker, this is funded by Open Society, this equation, the uh, Human Capital Economic Opportunity Group at, at Chicago. Yeah, he's funding a school, a human capital opportunity group at these schools, Soros is, to do things like create little toys that, that kids use. Listen to this. So what they did was they actually developed... That is an interactive play table that's like a, a flat screen TV that's that's parallel to the floor. There's two fisheye lens cameras on either side, and the children are supposed to play together at that table, and then it scores their social behavior on, on a rubric. Now I have net and it has facial recognition on it, and it goes to a permanent record. Line it up. Soros funding a school to look at the human capital economics. The, the capitalization of human of human beings, not 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 as workers, mind you, not labor as capital. As things you acquire. OK, you acquire things for capital. A capital expense is to purchase a thing. And Soros is looking at people as capital. Who else looks at people as capital? Uh, well, the mRNA uh, injections uh, are a, a great foundation. Uh, it's a platform. It's part of a technology. Uh, later, we'll plug apps into those uh, platforms. <laughs> right. Right. So before we dig into the news, because there's so much news on this, I actually want to ask you to patient, be patient with me for a second. And I want to hear the words of a pastor, an actual pastor we've had on the program a couple of times, Jack Hibbs. Now in commercial radio, we could never do this. It's too long. And people would tune in and go, what is this? I, I was trying to get to the Todd Herman show and he should be doing just a few more things and ain't seen nothing yet. And at the end of the last hour, he'll do a personal note. And unless he and his, you know, so, I mean, it would, they, what's, what's this? This is Jack Hibbs. I have split his comments into two, two relatively long clips. I mean, they're not exhaustive, but we're going to end the show with the second half of what Hibbs says beginning in this half. Hey, everybody, I want to just give you this word of encouragement and this word of exhortation, meaning this, that all around the world right now, there are these things that are taking place that even now uh, publications, Fox News, CNN, they've had people being interviewed where they're dropping the word, are we in a world war? Regarding the cyber attack aspect of it, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but this is the first time in history where cyber warfare is now in full-scale operation. 
And so we're in a moment that's different. You might say, well, it was, it was crazy in World War I. It was crazy in World War II. And what's the big deal? You know, time goes on. Wait a minute. World War I is World War I because it was World War I. World War II was because of World War II. We're further down the road, friends. According to our Bible and according to time itself, time will eventually run out. Now, from a biblical worldview, we look around at the world scene and we see what's going on. Believers know something that most don't. And that is these things are happening now when for the first time, key elements are in place that the Bible said would have to be in place for the end to come. Number one, Israel's back in the land. May 14th, 1948. We know this, the Soviet Union broke up. Now it's Russia, Ezekiel 38. Listen, we talk about the nation of Iran, but that's not its name. The Bible, you can't find the word Iran in the Bible. You wanna know why? Because the Bible goes to its beginning name, which winds up being its end name, and it's called Persia. Listen, we're moving down a track, as it were, on the back of a train, going down the track, and we're nearing the end of the train tracks. We know this. So don't write off world events like, oh, say la vie. You know, it's always been like this. So that's that Jack Hibbs view. And I'm not qualified to preach in any way, particularly about the end times. I'm studying it. I have a point of view. My mind is a pre-tribulation point of view. But you can listen to that and compare it to what we're going to talk about now. Okay, in the end times, we're going to see where people um, just, they abandon good teachings. Timothy 4, verses 3 through 4. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passion and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Myths. Remember that clip of the tinny voice? The tinny voice is a twisting. The deception of being a teacher that's not teaching, but is in fact enticing is twisting. Getting little kids curious about sexuality is a twisting. It's an itching ear. It's accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Well, kids don't have these passions. Not at that age. Adults groom them into having not necessarily the passions, but the pathologies. And it goes far, far, far beyond sexuality, as we'll talk about. So the, um, the Biden had this goal, the people who run him, of mandating that kids all over the country end up with voices like that person. A judge has said that no government agency should evaluate the sincerity of another's religious belief. This is how this has been stalled. It's a Christian alliance that has said in medical care, we're not going to chop people up or shoot them up with wrong sex hormones. The people who run Joe Biden are saying, oh, yes, you will. This is a law. We want more kids to end up with voices like that as adults. That's a battlefield. That is the battle over the existence of men and women. That is the existence of kids as made in the image of God or deformed in a twisted image. And please hear me. If you are someone who has undergone these surgeries and these hormones, 
I don't mean to say that you are a twisted person, but I will tell you that your image has been twisted. It doesn't mean that I can't like you. That happens quite a lot. I end up meeting people who've undergone these, uh, these procedures and we end up being friends. Right. And uh, sometimes the illusion is very good, but it is a twisting. It doesn't make you a bad person. If you've been through this, God will still love you. God still loves you. Not will still does. But there's a defiance against the Lord in this. So a woman went undercover to look into teachers and how they talk about all this stuff, of course, behind the backs of parents. Something I do say to students and to caregivers, but I mostly say it to students um, like in my class. And then I just like quickly go into the other fifth grade classes and say, um, just so you know, it's completely your op- your option if you want to come or not. Um, but I tell them that I don't ever tell anyone else who came except for the other two fifth grade teachers. Um, so I would never tell their adults or like other students in the school or even other teachers. I don't tell, um, just to make sure that any of them who are potentially nervous, um, um, would at least feel assuaged, um, in that, in that way. This is not a rainbow club. This is a sex club. This is a club about sex, intercourse, oral sex. It's all a precursor for that. This is not a rainbow club. It's not an allies club. It's a sex club. This is a sex club. We will use that language. The rainbow club, the GSA, that's their language. We will call this what this is. This is a sex club run by adults that they're bringing fifth grade kids into a sex club run by adults. That's how I'm going to look at this. I refuse to use the language of the enemy. Now, does this person an enemy? Yeah. Can they be redeemed by God? Yes. What's our responsibility with this enemy? To pray for them. To do what we can to love this enemy. And that is horribly difficult. So there were a bunch of people on the Zoom call talking about how they merchandise and sell and pimp this stuff within their schools. The only formal, um, like, communication that we've sent home was to fourth and fifth grade students. Um, We told them they didn't have to, it wasn't a permission slip. It was just something that was like one uh, one way uh, communication to home about our club. And we've, I didn't hear any pushback from anybody regarding that. Well, listen Um, to how they describe it. We intentionally left it um, this. broad in that it was a club about acceptance, tolerance, diversity, and identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on campus, we do announce it to all the grades when we're having an event in particular, like if it's rainbow club meeting, we'll have like in the morning announcements or for the door decorating contest, we've talked about it whole school, but it's, they're like informal communication. All right. So he's saying we're cloaking. We're deceiving. We're twisting. We are so tolerant that we believe in order to be your true self, you have to have your genitalia cut up and be shot up with wrong sex hormones. We are so tolerant, we will not tolerate your parents in the room. We are so accepting, we believe that only people 
who are same-sex attracted or, or, um, or have a, a polyamorous are worthy of consideration that straight is bad. We're, we're very tolerant. Again, the enemy twists. None of this is organic. That person doing that speaking is a result of these techniques. I'm sorry, the explosion in people who identify as same-sex attracted and identify as, as, as being a different biological sex. I can go back through the money. I can do that. But it, it's, it's more than about just the sex and gender expression. It's not gender. It's a gender expression or gender perception. Gender is not a condition. It's an expression. It's not biology. It's how one displays oneself and the perception thereof. It goes deeper than sex. I'll get the full clip of this teacher who was doing the full-on grooming thing in a second. And then we'll talk about George Soros and his foundation funding a school that looks at human beings as capital, not labor. Capital, like buildings or cars, things you acquire. So I'm headed over the mountains. Um, oh, no. Oh, I'm going to make myself do it. Oh, really? I'm going to have to listen to Judas Priest now. Oh, I uh, see, this is awful because I can't figure out if they're an evil band or not. I saw them in Spokane during the um, Electric Eye Tour. What was the name of that record? Great show. I And it, it, just, it didn't dawn on me that Rob Halford was gay. I don't know. Well, I didn't know gay culture at the time. Oh, man, I'm distracted. You know, I didn't need his bone frog coffee. I'm going to leave so early in the morning. I've got it all worked out at home. I got my neighbor, Mike, who's a hunter and a marksman and a bow hunter and up the street. I've got my neighbor, Bill, who is a Marine. I got the house. I love a neighborhood like this. So what am I going to thank him with? Come on. Bonefrog Coffee from bonefrog.us. I'm not going to give him the subscription plan. I'm not a rich man, right? Now, maybe I'll give Mike the subscription plan. But Bonefrog Coffee is going to be my companion. People have been asking me, how are you going to deal? You're going to be over in Babylon. Let's see you have your Bonefrog Coffee now, fancy Bonefrog Coffee man. Well, it's not fancy. It just happens to be the best coffee on earth. It just happens to be made by a company headed by a 25-year Navy veteran and the Navy SEAL. Incidentally, he's also a physician's assistant. Thank you very, very much. So he comes from that background as well. It just happens that it's available in every possible roast and delivery method from K-cup to espresso to dry roast to that fancy, dancy French press. By the way, is that good? French press? Is it? Seems like a lot of work to get coffee. I kind of like my drip. I don't know about you, but when I wake up and I've got the bone frog on auto cook and I can smell the coffee brewing in the front room as I'm asleep. It's at 4.15 in the morning. I can smells me, my bone frog. You get a lifetime 5% discount. You're the only people who get this. I'm the only people who get this because we go to bonefrog.us. 
So yeah, I'm going to give my neighbors who are going to be the security for my family while I'm gone that coffee. Oh, how am I going to deal? You wait and see how much bone frog I can bring with me on the road. That's bonefrog.us. Here's the rest of this thing, this teacher with this tragic voice. And by the way, that's another thing. I, I don't know that I'm going to call this person a teacher. I, I mean, it is, it, this is not teaching. This person has earned the title groomer. I think at the elementary school level, at least in my school, um, which is in Western Massachusetts, it begins even before starting the club. So just beginning with um, getting, um, making sure that you have inclusive curricula at your school, um, that your school has a welcoming culture, um, that you're using lots of vocabulary that has to do with gender and sexuality. Um, And then after you develop a baseline of inclusivity and a really welcoming community, um, I think then you can start to introduce the idea of beginning to build a GSA or a rainbow club. Something um, nice about starting with inclusive curriculum and then kind of building to a GSA is that you can start um, reading books that are about all different genders or um, watching little videos that represent people of, um, of all backgrounds. And then questions will come up organically like they do with children. And then you can start to say things like, well, I'd love to explore that more in our rainbow club. Um, You can kind of build um, basic questions, organic questions, uh, or build a a rainbow club off of that. The whole point of all of this is there is no opt out. There's if parents say, well, I've opted my kids out of sex ed. No, you haven't. You've opted your kids out of a class called sex ed, but the, the, the schools are no longer schools. They're sex ed centers. We know that they're indoctrination centers. And you see how they're building this web where there is no escape from this because it is not about sex. Sex is a, sex is a tactic. And hate to tell gay people or people who are brother same-sex attracted and people who consider themselves to be a different biological sex, these people don't give a rip about you. You are capital. And the more I think about this, the more it occurs to me, this is a, a deeply evil version of what um, a, a Madison Avenue did early on when they invented the phrase teenager. It's deeply evil. Madison Avenue said they noticed that, that teens have all sorts, had all sorts of, of purchasing power. Prior to the phrase teenager being created, they were working jobs. Uh, parents were handing out uh, allowance for really the first time. So kids had this disposable income. And Madison Avenue was saying, well, how do we tap into this disposable income? And they came up with this idea. Well, let's make them little mini adults. Let's stop them being kids. Let's empower them to make their own purchases. So let's do go through behavioral change. And let's tell them that, hey, you're not really a kid. Why are your parents treating you like kids? You're, you're a teenager, right? You stopped being a kid. The, day, the last day you were 12, you became a teenager. And that is separate from kid. And where there had been this moment of arrival and, and you turn 18 and now, in fact, it's not just that you're a man or a woman. You then have some of the expectations of a man or a woman. But Madison Avenue pulled this brilliant stunt 
they invented a whole, really a whole new generation of human beings. And then they were able to pitch them cigarettes and, you know, uh, hair oil and everything else that went with that. And, and the rock and roll music I grew up loving and still to this day love. And television shows by which then they sold them other products. And this is a deeply evil version of that. Because the, 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 the resources of the earth have been exploited to a degree by crony capitalists because there's a big difference. Look, let's, let's, let's be clear about things. Pfizer is not a company, it's a country. And Monsanto is not a company, it's also a country. It, the, the power that they have amassed through lobbying by this incestuous um, sleeping with government and buying government and being locked to government, they're, they're countries. Every bit as much as Spain is a country. Not to pick on Spain, but I mean, their GDP, compare it to Monsanto's. So they, they, they view this, the, the resources now They've used the ocean the way they can. Um, they've used farming the way they can. Although now Gates, of course, is going to pervert that and twist that and, and go to, they're going to go past farming now and just invent foods. And here's a plastic vat and it comes out with this uh, molecular goo and they take the goo and, and they type in code and they change this or that thread and this ACED goes over here. And now all of a sudden it's not hamburger and now it's fish and oh, well, you get used to the taste and, and they do that. And then they're looking at human beings as, as capital. That's the, that's the, the, the lock, the linchpin unlocker to the MRNA mystery is it's a race to see who can make, who can get into this installed user base of, of drones of like us at the same time as a world economic forum says, well, we don't need most people. So now you get to Soros and you get to his investment um, in purchasing I purchase a, a portion of a college. And this college views human beings, like I say, as capital or buildings. And it's something that they want to own. And it's starting at the kid level. So if you hear this insanity coming out of these words of these adults and this tin-voiced, sad human being, you hear them and it's easy to get angry. We're not going to speak their language, but, but they have been run through this mill. They've been run through this behavior modification system. How is it that we've not? How have we escaped this? Is it God's grace? Is it that we know the Lord? Well, certainly that's, a, that's protection, putting on the armor of light, puting on the armor of God, or I've heard it translated to say, put on Christ, literally put on Christ. Whatever it is that's kept us safe from this, and not being sucked into it, that is where we're at. So we'll come back. We'll get into this explanation, a longer explanation of this program, of how Soros is tied into it. We'll talk about the capitalization of human beings, what that means, how they view us, how they view our kids, because they view us so, so much differently than we would like to view ourselves. A resource to be exploited, an ocean, code to be launched. Get the mRNA in there and then build the follow-up apps. Create one third of the world that is dependent on wrong sex hormones for the rest of their life. Hey, you know, have kids get STDs. You know how much we'll sell with pharma with a whole bunch of kids 
We become adults with advanced STDs. They'll be stuck with us for life. It's difficult to navigate, it is, this world, because it is the finance system we have. These are the power brokers we have. These are real things. So my friend, Zach Abraham, who's the chief investment officer of Bulwark Capital Management, there's very definitely things they will not run through their fund, like Netflix, stuff like that, that is just porn. Um, but they play a spread. And it is, I, I would rather have Zach explain this because I am not a finance professional, as you have no doubt learned. But what I mean by playing the spread is that Zach is a realist. He is a pragmatist. Now, he's a godly man. You've heard him talk about that. So, for instance, when Bitcoin just slapped the wall recently, just fell off a cliff. Yeah, Zach had some stuff in Bitcoin at Bulwark Capital Management. But he hedged everything on it. He was in a position where he guarded himself against loss from Bitcoin, but he played some Bitcoin. And he also is a pragmatist in what is real value? Well, land is real value. What else is real value? Well, if we're going to force everybody to purchase electric cars, sooner or later, they're going to need copper and zinc. And sooner or later, they're going to need aluminum. And they're going to need energy. So while everyone else has been buying Silicon Valley almost exclusively and loading up on Bitcoin, yeah, Zach plays in those markets. But he's also in the things that people are going to need, like he is in the foods, that are the futures, where we're seeing this stuff now fall apart. Now, Zach should talk about this in detail, and he does in his radio show, Know Your Risk Radio. But here's the deal. He is focused on risk management. When you hear the words, if I come to you and say, are you ready to retire? Do you get scared, nervous, dry mouthed? It's because you know it's risky to quit, to walk out. But my friend, Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management will tell you if you can retire today in a pragmatic way with a realist look at the system that we have for finance. We don't have any other. To help you do that, if it's not time for you to do it now, he'll tell you when it will be time and how to get there with a focus on risk management. So simply call Zach at Bulwark Capital Management, 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Or you can just go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor, investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. I'm going to record that. I'm just going to have a, I'm going to say that once and never have to read it again. The government makes us read that, by the way. Um, it's, I can't stop. It's, it would, everybody would get in trouble. Here is an explanation of perhaps this is why the so-called governor, and again, words, until they give up their emergency powers, they're dictators. I, I really suggest we use that language. Dictator, until they give up their powers, they are dictators. Because they're dictating. So, is, is Pritzker giving up his? Well, the fact is, it doesn't even matter. Because they can just reinstate them whenever they like. And anyone who acted this way, they're a dictator at heart. So, I'm going to keep calling him Dictator Pritzker. The dictator of Illinois, Pritzker, has partnered with the Soros Open Society Foundation in a facial recognition in kindergarten. So, you know about these public-private partnerships they're always talking about? And, and how we're supposed to be all keen on public-private partnerships. 
This woman does a fantastic job of explaining this in this little clip of why they're doing this and how they view our kids as capital. There's a link to this in the show notes. Uh, the video, I think, is important for you to watch. Guys, and the, the thing is, so Pritzker, this is funded by Open Society, this equation, the uh, Human Capital Economic Opportunity Group at, at Chicago. So it's like George Soros is funding the Becker Friedman School of Economics. So like, I mean, just like when I say we've got to get out of our boxes, we've got to get out of our boxes because they're all in on it. It's a matter of the people in power who are running this game. Um, and so J.B. Pritzker, who at the time is now governor, but wasn't then, they went up and down California pitching universal pre-K so they could run their data bonds. And, but they said, you know, we can't use the data. IQ doesn't really work. Cognitive, it doesn't move enough. They didn't say for the, the hedge fund markets, but it doesn't move for hedge fund markets. He said, what we actually can change is character. We can change character, okay? So now that once you understand all of these um, Sesame Workshop apps and PBS Kids apps and these apps, it's about behavior, it's about digital behavior change. And so one of the companies that you'll see on the, on the one side, we play smart, it's Hatch Education. So what they did was they actually developed, that is an interactive play table that's like a, a flat screen TV that's, that's parallel to the floor. There's two fisheye lens cameras on either side and the children are supposed to play together at that table, and then it scores their social behavior oh. on, on a rubric. Now I have net, and it has facial recognition on it, and it goes to a permanent record, okay? And so they're going to sell this as pre-K. Now, do, we, do parents need affordable childcare? Totally. Or do we need an economy where not, like you can have a parent stay at home and take care of the kids? That would be great if that's their choice. You know, like, they, but they make false choices. So you, now you're in an economy where, like, you know, a two adult household needs three jobs to get by. Remember this. This is going on in curriculum. This is going on on government computers. Remember public-private partnership. The data mining of your kids' minds moods, interactions, proclivity, body composition, heart rate, breathing rate, pulse, excitability, mood stability, level of anxiety, language abilities, linguistic abilities, I should say, mathematical abilities, family relationships, degree of connection with parents. All of this belongs to the public-private partnership. What are we seeing? Public-private partnership. You can't live without pharma. You don't have an immune system. There's nothing wrong with getting a sexually transmitted disease. We say shout your STD. You will own nothing and be happy. You know, kids rent everything. My daughter thinks it's nuts that I own music. That, 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 that I insist on owning the books I value. You know, my daughter uh, intermittently loves reading. She's very, very, very gifted at it. And she'll say from time to time, oh, I love the books. And then she'll look at the number of books I own. Wow, you own so many. Yes, but just the ones I value. I'm not going to rent. 
the behavioral change we're seeing is part of the great reset, but it's far, far, far bigger than that because what are the other behavioral changes we're seeing? Fake intimacy. What are the other behavioral changes we're seeing? We're becoming a completely unchurched society. When we were an un, we become a totally unchurched society, we become a society with no religion. When there's no religion, then eventually there's no memory of God. God and religion are separate things. God will exist when religion is gone. God will resist when will exist forever. The Lord is the Alpha and the Omega. He was the beginning and the end. He will be here, always was, always will be. So without our papers, without our dogma, God continues to exist. He's unchanging, unyielding. He is what he is. I am. Tell them I am the great I am. He is all those things. But you go through periods of time in, in Israel, there were periods of time where they forgot the law. Where, where the Hebrew people forgot the law. They had to dig it back up. But I'm forgetting the name of the young, uh, uh, the young leader of Israel who had to say, what's the law? What's that? It's almost like that Rush album, 2112, which of course was based upon Ayn Rand's novel of, of finding a car. Uh, it's a, yeah, the red barchetta. Um, it's almost like that 2112 record. Well, no, he finds a guitar. And then learns how to play. And that was based on Ayn Rand because, of course, he was all into Ayn Rand. But at the, it, it was biblical as well. Oh, we had a law? Wait, we had a way to, to, to interact with God? There'll be some of us who never forget. And this is our job. This is our job to make sure we're not the generation that forgets. This is our job to ground our kids in this and to make them aware of the fact that they are viewed as something to be owned, something to be twisted, the identity to be reinvented, the actual identity to be stolen. Because that's actually what the party is doing is they're stealing an identity. They took a generation of kids and said, you're not kids, you're teenagers. You had teen smoking. You had teen sex go up for the first time. You had these ills hit that society, that generation of kids. And Madison Avenue sat and they counted the monies. And again, I make a great big difference between capitalism, which is the filling of need. And by the way, Christian capitalism, which is filling a need in a Christian way which is everybody you, you know, not everybody can win in a dealing, but you deal in an honest way. You have honest measures, as it would say in the Bible. The behavioral change has rooted down in society. How many videos have you watched like this? This is from Clark County. This is a woman simply doing what so many women have done. And God bless you for doing this. We asked you to do this on the radio for three years in the last year of Russia's life. God rest him. The EIB let me do this in nearly every show. A couple weeks a month, we asked people to do these things. The behavioral change has been installed. It's not a tinny, fake voice that will come from the school board member shutting this down, but it is a non-emotional computer drone voice of someone who's been behaviorally changed to believe they are the authorities, that hypocrisy does not matter in their case because they are the great people, the, the huge people, the large people. Thank you. I'm going to read you an assignment given to my 15-year-old daughter at a local high school. This will be horrifying for me to read to you, but that will give you perspective on 
how she must have felt when her teacher required her to memorize this and to act it out in front of her entire class. I don't love you. It's not you. It's just, I don't like your dick or any dick in that case. I cheated, Joe. I'm sorry. This is propaganda. Forgive me. Excuse me. I, I don't. Thank you so much for your. Thank you for your uh, comment. Forgive me. I, we're not using profanity. Are you? Okay. Wh- That's relevant. Okay. The teacher this, this required my daughter to read, memorize this, and read this pornographic material. Excuse me. Please don't engage with the audience. Do, do you hear just the tinny? I mean, it's it's just this inhuman. This is a mother who pays your stinking salary telling you that your her daughter was forced to memorize this. And by the way, the, the words, they disappear there. What, the, what she was forced to, to say and memorize and repeat in front of a class of mixed sex people by a groomer was it's just that I don't like any D words. It's not just your D word I don't like. I don't like any D words. So this is a girl who was forced to memorize a script of saying, I'm a girl who's same-sex attracted. I cheated with you because I don't like your D-I blank blank. I don't like your penis. I don't like any penises because I'm same-sex attracted. To read that and memorize it, to put it into her brain for it to live there. And this inhuman woman, I, I'm, I'm sorry, we don't, we don't, we don't use profanity. And I'm sorry, don't, don't, don't engage the audience. Don't, don't speak. You will speak as I tell you to speak. You will use the words I tell you to use. You will use the pronouns I tell you to use. It puts the tattoo on its skin if it wants to speak again. That woman too is part of behavior modification. She literally believes she is the boss in this circumstance when she is in fact to serve for the son of man came to serve, not to be served. But it's here, guys, here where it gets back to Jack Hibbs. It gets back to his view of the end times. Now, he spoke of World War II and he spoke of Persia and, and, and the Soviet Union becoming Russia and, and he spoke of that. But there's also the aspect of the end times that I think is vital for us to consider. The demons themselves, Satan himself, his demons believe in God. (laughs) They know the Bible. They twist everything because Satan can't create, so he twists. He's twisted people into believing that he's going to win. He's Well, not people, but entities. He's twisted himself into believing he's going to win, But they also know that there is going to come a time where time is short. And I look at this massive behavioral change. And I look at all the evil being done right out in the open. I look at things like this utter confusion. And sometimes it, it can come off as almost funny. Except it is deeply tragic. This is the sounds of a protest over abortion. These people, I cannot fathom that these would be actors. If they are, they're the greatest actors who've ever lived. I also cannot make the decision whether these people are deranged or, or in fact, possessed. Uh, listen to what they 
are talking about as they push back on people who do not want abortions to occur. Masturbation is murder! They're saying masturbation is murder. Masturbation is murder! If you masturbate, you've killed people. Well, that's a good, good If you masturbate, you've killed people. You've killed, you've killed, you've killed no matter what. Every month when you have a menstrual cycle, you're killing. Yes, it is. It's DNA. How is it not? It's alive. That level of desperation, that level of twisting, that level of insanity, your period is a person. No, their period is part of a person. It was formerly part of my body. It was an egg, a limited supply of which the Lord gifted me with. My body is expelled because it didn't use it in this cycle. It's a person. No, it's not. If you masturbate, you murder. You know, the, 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 the ejaculate, that's murder. You're murdering. No, you're not. It is God's work that man and woman come together and form one flesh together. And then the participation in the creation of life, let there be light. Do you see the satanic nature of this? The twisting Surely, Eve, you won't die. That's not life. A baby's not life, but but eggs are life. Sperm is life. Masturbation is murder. So it can almost seem funny. But remember that Satan twists. And remember, he takes great, great glee in watching the words of God be twisted and watching people who've put themselves in utter agony and are separating themselves from God in every way, and they don't even know it, how he must love this stuff. This is another discussion about abortion. This is another expression of deep and utter and frightening confusion. This cannot be seen as funny because none of it is in this particular clip that we're going to play. It can only be seen as deranged. It can only be seen at least from my perspective as someone who has been possessed of evil. I think of the Christ child I think of all children. I think of the show we're going to do tomorrow, I'm going to do, where I'm going to talk about how we can end abortion by listening to people who want it and by speaking in a loving way and be being far better at explaining our alternatives as people of God. This is, this is a show tomorrow about which I'm very nervous. It's our two tomorrow. Because I think it's going to upset a lot of people. It's not about me saying abortion's okay. I'm going to say it again. It's about me saying we can end it, but not the way we're doing it. Not if we don't learn, get to a point where we can speak in a, in a loving way, which is impossible almost when you hear this clip. It's not abortion. It's not masturbation is murder. It is far, far worse. Masturbation is murder. Nah, it's not those guys. It is far, far worse than that. It's someone who's actually insisting that killing a baby, 
need not have a timeline. Do you believe in abortion after birth? Would you, would you support that? I believe in whatever the woman wants to choose to do. That's her choice. At any point of the child's life? At any point of the lady's life. That's her choice. To kill another person's body? It's going to always be her choice. Even after the baby's born? It's always her choice. So if they're two years old? It's always her choice. I can kill my two-year-old? It's a woman's right to choose. To kill their child at any point? It's a woman's right to choose. Wedded to the talking points installed in her brain, behavior modification style. Utterly, utterly breathtaking in its evil. The biggest tricks that Satan ever pulled was to show us that he didn't exist. I know, it's usual suspects, but come on, it's a great quote. To the emails, to the show, this from Jill. Hi, Todd, I just sent you a Facebook message, but one thing I want you to know, you're making a big deal out of your vent in Bothell, and it makes me think you're nervous about it. Stop! You're a media dude and the podcaster extraordinaire. You have nothing to be concerned about. Show up, my man, be you, do you. All will fall into place. The prayers of a righteous man availeth much. I'm two years older than you. I lived your life. Man, I'm a Gen Xer like you. I would like to encourage you to keep on doing what you're doing. Please, however, reconsider your end times biblical perspective. Biblical perspective. It is arrogant to infer that we whom have lived a privileged life are going to be carted out in the rapturous spaceship. Hello, why and how? Consider the analogy of faith, which tells us that scripture interprets scripture. The rapture relies on like two verses, and honestly, they don't add up. True, we as believers are not appointed unto wrath, but that doesn't mean we won't experience a lot of CRAP as we are. He who endures until the end is the end when the rapturous spaceship arrives shall be saved. The last Trump baby... Not when things get uncomfortable. Why on earth would our Lord and Savior carry out our pansy A-S-S-E-S away? But, oh, meanwhile, the real heroes of the faith suffered. Um, From Jill. Jill, thanks for the note. Um, Number one, I only get nervous for events, speeches, when I am to use the word of God. Other than that, I love it. God has gifted me with no nerves around that stuff. I love it. I enjoy it. I, I am fed by it. Number two, on your view of the rapture and the spaceship, Jill, God don't need no spaceships. And I'm going to have to do a show on this because you and my friend Tyler disagree with me on pre-tribulation rapture. And by the way, just one thing, Jill, it, it would be arrogant to say that we're privileged, that it's because we're privileged that we're being called up. That is not how I read it. Privilege buys us nothing with the Lord. Redemption is a gift offered for free. You can reject it or you can keep it, but it's offered for free because the bill has been paid. So I will commit to doing a show where I talk about why I've developed my views on the rapture and pre-tribulation and why I believe that it is the church, the body of Christ that is drawn up to him prior to the tribulation. And yes, we're going to go through stuff prior to that. They were called up at the same time as the dead saints are, the, those who did not have an opportunity to know Christ, Moses and the like. And there's plenty of scripture about that we can go through. Appreciate the note. Dear Todd, my name is Mark. I'm from Puyallup, Washington. I have this question for you. You constantly say you will not run for office. What would possibly change your mind? 
I think you're the sort of person we need to take our republic back because you bow down to God and because you will not be owned by the party. What would it take to have you change your mind? Thank you very much for the note, Mark. God, period. Period. It would have to be the Lord shows me in no uncertain ways that it's the Lord speaking to me saying you are to run for political office. If the Lord commanded me to do that, I would do it. That's the full answer, the full and complete answer, and nothing follows it. I appreciate the notes, appreciate your confidence in me. I hope I'm going to see you in Bothell. We began the show today with Jack Hibbs, a pastor who stood up to the dictator of California, Gavin Newsom, and said, no, actually, I won't shut down my church. Yeah, that's, we're not going to wear masks. Nope, not going to do it. He refused to fold. He didn't fold. He stood up because at no time did God say, preach my word, go and make disciples, telling people about me, having them accept me as their Lord and Savior. And likewise, unless there's a flu or unless the government says stop, no time. We began it with Jack Hibbs talking about the end times. We'll wrap up with Jack Hibbs talking about the end times. This is part two. It's never been like this. It's increasing. Jesus put it to us this way. We're watching birth pains increasing the warning regarding the delivery. Jesus said a woman goes through the quickening. It's when the birth pains get more frequent. So I wanna encourage you and exhort you this way. With all that's going on, be involved, be engaged, but be wise, be careful. Don't believe anything that's not filtered through your Bible first, okay? Don't fall for anything. Look, let's be honest. Nobody knows what's going on in this world right now. That's another reason why we know something's up, because we don't know. Confusion, huge. Nation, rising up against nation, threats, it's a big deal. So don't let somebody tell you how it's all going to play out. We don't know. What we do know is what the Bible says as how things are going to come together. God knows the end story. It's called Bible prophecy. But I want to encourage you and I want to exhort you, don't panic, don't worry, but also don't fall asleep. Be vigilant. And I'll leave you with this. God acknowledged the sons of Ishakar, the tribe of Ishakar, that those believers at, in Ishakar, they discerned the times and the seasons that Israel was experiencing, and they knew what Israel should do next. That's what we're to be like. So what are we to be doing? Going about our work. Being and making disciples. That's our work. We can't change the end times. God's got the answer. So let's go do our dig, our, our gig. We're assigned to work. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and do not use the language of the enemy, but also let's not let him create our emotions for us. We have won.